0: don't know when Jesus was born. The Bible doesn't say. History doesn't tell us. History is very firm that he was born. The Bible obviously is very firm that he was born, but it doesn't tell us exactly when. And according to our calendars and the tradition of the calendar, it's December, but we really don't know. But you know, interestingly, in the eastern part of the world, the calendar they use talk about it being in January that Jesus is celebrated being born. And we have lots of folks now from from eastern uh, Europe that are here. The point is not when. The point is, is that the Savior has come into the world to forgive sins. We want everyone to know that. When I was growing up in a small town, it, it was, the question wasn't, do you go to church? It was, which church do you go to? Now the question is more, do you believe in Jesus? The world has changed a lot. So what an incredible opportunity we have to share this message of Jesus to our kids in our community and to everyone that Jesus is alive. I want us all to remember from James, the book of James, chapter 1, tells us that every good gift we get is from God. It says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift, every single good and perfect gift, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Do you see that? Every single good thing you have in your life, that you have ever gotten in your life, it is from God. It is not from luck, it is from God. Every good and perfect gift. And when you have done something to help someone, it is a gift that God has used you to deliver to help someone else. Or God has used people to deliver them. But they are all from God, everything that we have. And after all, if we have received much, we ought to be giving much. And Christians should be known for doing good. That ought to be the way people look at us, right? And the most, one of the most famous sermons, maybe the most famous sermon of all time, was called the Sermon on the Mount. It's in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And in that sermon, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 16, He says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So obviously sometimes things are done anonymously, but always the idea is that we turn the attention back to God. We want the world to celebrate that good gifts come from God. They are not from us, they're not from the government, they're not from the neighborhood, they are from God. And so he says, let the world see those things and let your light shine so that the world knows. You know, our faith is supposed to be more than just going to church like we sometimes put it. Back in the day, and even today sometimes, if you were to say, is that person a faithful Christian? Well, yeah, they're faithful. I mean, they're there on Sunday morning every week or most of the time, or they're there even on Wednesday night or maybe on Sunday night or whatever. Yeah, that's faithful. Well, it is important to worship God, and we want you to keep coming here. Don't misunderstand that. But at the same time, if all our faith is, if the only thing that distinguishes us as a Christian is where our car goes on Sunday morning, we have missed the point of the cross and the resurrection. You see, that's part of it. But our faith is so much bigger of what we have been given, and it's also much more than talk. There are some people that just talk about God all the time, and talk about religion, but they're not you you don't see them involved in ministries, and you don't see them helping people, you don't hear of them helping the needy, or going to someone in need, or sharing their faith, and it's maybe they are, and we can't judge all those things, but you kind of get the general feeling sometimes that there are folks that all they do is talk. You might say, you David, you're the talker, right? Yeah, no, but it's more than that. It is that we have action that is connected with those words, that all of that goes together. I think of what the writer said in Hebrews chapter 13, in verses 15 and 16. He said, Therefore, through God, let us continually offer up to Him, to God, a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that confess His name. Don't neglect to do what is good and to share for God is pleased with such sacrifices. Do you see what he's saying here, what God wants? God wants the fruit of our lips or the fruit of our heart. He wants us to speak of him and to him and to worship him. But the other things he says here he wants, to do good and to share. That's what he's asking for in these two verses. Now, there are other things we could talk about, but that's what he's asking for here. Praise the Lord with your mouth, with your heart, do good and share share with other people share with people in need wouldn't it be interesting if you were to ask people at your workplace or or in your neighborhood is that a person that does good is that a person that's willing to share are you always the one everybody else brings something to the dinner but you don't bring it are you the one that's like that are you one that's willing to share and to help other people are you one that just there i'm here to take I'm here to take, just keep bringing it to me. I need some more, I need some more, I need some more. Sometimes we go through valleys and times we need help. But we, in general, should be people that are willing to share what we have. If we were to go across the street to this little shopping center and we were to ask people, tell me, are you a, are you a Christian? Are you a good person? And they'd say, yes, I'm a good person. Why are you a good person? Well, I don't steal from my boss. I don't cheat on my spouse. Yeah, I'm a good person. Well, you just told me all the things you don't do as if that makes you good. That just makes you neutral is what it makes you, right? Because there is something about, according to Jesus, about doing good works and sharing with other people. We share in the name of Jesus, and those are the things we do to honor God. Now, i also say this, and you probably know this, but good works will silence the critics. Just like on an athletic field where someone does a lot of talking to the press, if they can go out and prove it on the field, then everybody gets quiet. Well, if they can do that and they can prove it, then let them talk if they want to. Good work will silence those who criticize Christianity. Now, we don't want to be ones that just continually, continually to talk about nothing and to praise ourselves. That's not what I mean at all. What I mean is, we want the world to look at us, not so that they give us a big pat on the back and talk about how great we are, but we want the world to look at us in a way they say, those are good people over there. Those people called Memorial Church of Christ, or even in a more general sense, those people that call themselves Christians, they're good people they're good to have around, they make good employees, they make good neighbors, they make good citizens. Those are the kind of people that we want. I like the way Peter says it in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 13 through 15, and then I want to talk for just a moment about the time in the time he wrote this. He said, submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good for it is god's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people how by doing good just go do good and they will get quiet just go and help other people and others will say I have nothing to say about them. They do good. They help. They're involved. Do good for other people. He talks about the government here. I want you to think about the government that Peter was living under. He was living in the Roman Empire when just by a whim, the emperor could say whatever he wanted to and just wipe out all the Christians he chose to if that's what he wanted to do. Peter says, live such good lives among the pagans that they have to to be nice to you or toward you. Here he says something very similar to that about living this good life among the emperor or among those in charge. You know, it doesn't matter what level of government you're talking about. If it's the Hedwig Village government or we're talking about Houston or the state of Texas or we're talking about national or international government, do you know what I want him to say? I want him to say... Christians are good people that help others, and specifically I want them to say Memorial Church of Christ. Those are good people. Those people are helping in their community. They're feeding the poor. They're making our community a more beautiful and wonderful place. We want to be a part of people like that. We want to partner with people that help in our community. We don't want them to look down or bad toward us. We stand for truth. We don't give up truth, But we also want to be people that go about doing good. There is a book, it's fairly well known, some of you might have seen or read this book, it's called The Rise of Christianity by Rodney Stark. Now Rodney Stark is not writing this book as a Christian, he's writing this book as a sociologist and as a historian. And so his basic point is, how in the world did Christianity become so big and so strong? I mean, after all, Jesus is born in Bethlehem, a town that probably had less than 500 people. And then 33 years after he dies, he's he's, he's killed, crucified outside of Jerusalem. And then 50 days after that, in Jerusalem, there are 3,000 people that are baptized into his name. And by the time you get to the end of the 2nd century, the Western world is known as, as a Christian world. How in the world did all of that happen? I didn't write down all of the things he said. But these this week, as I pondered on these, are really fascinating to me. I want you to hear some of them. Christians cared for each other in sickness and disease. Now I'll tell you, every single congregation I have ever been a part in, and since I was a little boy, every single congregation I have known of has helped people in the congregation who were sick. We always have a long sick list, We always have people are taking food to someone. We always have folks that are helping those in need. And let me tell you, if you have gone through life without through sickness without a church family, that's very difficult. If you go through one where they know you're you're sick and all, they will do what they can to help you. That's one of the things that made them made them grow. Secondly, Christians cared for outsiders. Not just those that wore the name Christian, not just those who were devoted to Jesus, but they also cared for people who were hurt or sick. You know, back in the days of the, of the bubonic plague, and they would send people out of the villages, and they were put into to camps away from everybody else in, that, in the midst of that, of that pandemic? Do you know who it was that served in those camps helping those people with the plague? Christians. Every single time it was christians who were in the call in those little colonies helping people who were dying they cared for outsiders another thing christianity gave dignity to humans now understand in the first in in the first century and second and beyond there were some terrible terrible things that were going on in the world and what I mean by dignity here is there were several, several Roman religions as well as other religions that were sacrificing their daughters to the gods. I mean, literally, their daughters would die as a sacrifice to the gods. And Christians said, we will not kill our children. Whether they are male or female, we don't kill children. And so Christians gave dignity to humans, and people were attracted to that. They welcomed strangers. They'd say, come on in, eat with us, and be a part of our service, or come here and and we'll help you out. We'll visit with you. We'll talk with you, whatever that is. They provided community for people in need. As you know, sometimes it's not money that people need. They just need a place to sit. And talk and someone to tell stories to and to listen to stories and feel like they have kind of a family somewhere where they are, a community. And they offered refuge to people who were in need, whether that was political asylum or a place, emotional asylum, they offered refuge. Now, this week, as I was looking at this list and I was writing these things down fairly quickly, something hit me between the eyes. We have always done a good job in the 17 years I've been here and things that were happening way before we got here. This has always been a great church. We are looking more and more like this than it seems, at least in my time here, than we ever have. He said, well, what do you mean by that? Well, many of you are involved in feeding people the, 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 the times that, that some of you once a month or so go out and feed people in apartment complexes and provide meals for people. Well, you know what you're doing? You're just there. What's the catch? There's no catch. Or Do I have to go to your church? We'd love for you to, but you don't have to. You, you mean you're just giving this to me? Yep, just giving it to you. At this time last year, one year ago last year, we had no idea... That apartment complexes within 10 minutes of us would be filled with Ukrainians and Russians that were seeking help that, that had lost what they had at home and they would be moving to Houston. We had no idea that was on the horizon. Many of you have offered and given countless, countless hours to helping folks fill out papers, donated furniture, written checks, help people get to the doctor excuse me, and help people in need. Matter of fact, there's a way you can help kids today. There's a woman at a table to help Ukrainian children today in our neighborhood that that are in need. You have done that. And it's interesting as I think about helping those in refuge, welcoming strangers, providing for people in the community, welcoming outsiders, helping those with sickness and disease. And I can't help but think, this is also a year that we have had probably 50 percent more baptisms than we had last year or the year before could it be that the same things that worked in the first five centuries are working right now because they are biblical and they look like jesus Now, if you are a part of those ministries, praise God, because you are helping in his name. And if you want to be a part of them, there's certainly a way to become a part of those things. It is about doing good works in the name of Jesus. And if God will bless, God will bless if we keep doing good. If it becomes about us, it's not worth blessing. If it becomes about me, it's not worth blessing. But if it is about God, God will bless those things. I think about what the Apostle Paul said in Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10. He said, let us not get tired of doing good. That part makes me laugh. Let us not get tired of doing good. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all especially for those who belong to the household of faith. So if you are in Christ, if you are a Christian, then obviously we, we help those in the household first. But we have enough to go around to help other people also. Don't get tired of doing good. If you need to take a break, that is great. Everybody needs a break. Even if you need to change ministries and do something else, that's fine too. Just don't stop doing good. Keep doing good. And so today, my question is going to be a little different. We're kind of doing something a little different today. But it's, what is the greatest gift that we can give to someone? Well, I can think of a lot of great gifts I'd like to get, can't you? But what's the greatest gift we can give? And really, what that gift is, is to keep doing good in the name of Jesus. That is the greatest thing we can do, is to keep doing good in the name of... Of Jesus, that we don't stop doing good. Now, I also want you to know, going back to our scripture reading today, that we are not saved because we do good works. It's not like, oh, if I do enough works, I'll be saved. No, that's not it. We are, because we are saved, we do good works. There is a big difference. I can never do enough to deserve salvation. Never. But because God graciously gave me salvation, now I want to do things in his name to praise him and honor him and to make him the focal point of the entire world and universe. It is because of salvation that we do those good things, and we don't stop We don't want to stop. We want to go forward. We want 2024 to be even a greater year than 2023 has been. I want to share a story with you here for just a moment. And this could have happened with any of you. Some of you have heard me tell this story because it it was one that I couldn't hold back. I was gone a couple of weeks ago, and thanks to, to Wayne for filling in for me. But I was gone every year. I go somewhere and I work on sermons and I come back and I preach a series kind of based on that. Well, I'm going to preach the series that I worked on. I'm going to preach it this summer. But I was in upstate New York and I was flying out of Albany and I had a connection to Baltimore and then back to Houston. And so on this specific day that I was flying out of Albany a couple of weeks ago, I mean, the plane was packed. You know those days where they claim the plane holds 180, but you're sure they got 260 on it? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, everybody is on that plane, and everybody is as wide as I am, and I mean, everybody has bags, and it's, it, we're, we are in that plane, right? And so whenever I get to, my, to a seat, and there were already two people there, and I sat on the aisle. And these two people—they're not—they're not friendly people. Okay, they have their headphones in. The woman has on glasses. They are looking at their screens in front of them. And I only tell you this to say I was not—I was not divulging any information to anybody because nobody wanted to talk. And so I just got out my phone and I watched TV like they did. So so I don't say anything to anybody. And we finally land in Baltimore, and and. You know how it is. You sit and you have to wait. Everybody jumps up like they're going to get off the plane, but nobody can get up, can go anywhere. You just stand in the middle of the aisle with everybody connected, like they're playing Twister or something there for a few minutes. And so while I'm there, I'm waiting. I'm not going to get up right away. And then started the luggage bin, started coming down the compartments. And so finally, I I started to get up. But just as I was getting up, just as I moved my shoulder a hand went on my shoulder. I went, what have I done? And I turned around, and it was a woman, probably in her late 70s, maybe early 80s, and she was crying. And she said, can you help me, sir? Well, I jump up immediately. Well, of course, what what can I do? How can I help you? She said, well, my husband just died, and I can't get my bag. I said, well, of course I can do that. Let me tell you, it was a heavy bag. And so I get her bag down for her, and she's she's very tearful and she says i was on this trip and we live in florida i grew up in albany we were in florida we lived in florida for 40 something years we came back for a family wedding and while we we're at the wedding my husband died and now she said this is our last trip together in great tears you can imagine and so uh, there i am in the middle of the aisle everybody is watching us we are the show because no one is talking and everyone is staring and i say you know, I'm a, I'm actually a minister. I work for a church, and oh wow, that's so wonderful. These are sometimes things I think are God things, right? I mean, these are the these are things that prove to me God is real. And I mean, what were the chances? And and so we're talking there, and I'm and I'm doing all the triage, counts, Christian counseling I know how to do there for two or three minutes, and then I I walk off the plane. I, I wish her well, and I walk off the plane, and. and go to the bathroom and i come back out and there she is in the middle of the concourse looking both ways like this and so i went over to her and i said hey could i could i show you to your gate could i help you and she said oh thank you thank you yes i have no idea my mind is completely frazzled i i can't think of anything right now please And so we start walking and I ask her questions and she talks and she tells me about her husband and she tells me about their trip and lots of things that that didn't really all go together because, you know, her mind is just a thousand places. And so we finally get where we can see her gate. And she said, can I hug you? I said, well, absolutely. And I said, can I pray for you? And she goes, well, please. And so we stood there in the airport and I prayed for her and I don't even know her name and I prayed for her, and, I, and then I ended, and I said, I want you to know something. This was God. God did this. I don't know why, but he, he, he did this. He put us together. She goes, I know. She said, you are God's angel right now. You are the angel to help me through this airport I would have never met. You are the angel, and so believe me, I'm no angel, but at that moment, God was using me just like he uses every person in this room or watching online today. He uses us. What I would ask you to do is always to give glory back to God and remind people God is involved in this moment. This is not just the two of us standing here. Somehow God has done this. I don't know why I sat in that seat. She certainly didn't know who I was, what I did for a living. I didn't know who she was. That is God. Do not get tired of doing good works. And shine your light before men and women so that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Honor God with the moments that we are outside of this building when you're at work, when you're driving home, when you're at the movie, when you're with family, wherever it is, honor God with those moments. Realize that God is doing things that we can't even imagine. He's at work, and therefore it's an honor that we get to work with Him and give Him the praise. This morning, if you are ready to come into the household of faith, sorry for where you've been, but you are ready to be baptized into Jesus and to walk that road and be in his family. We want you to do that. You can come forward today like so many have this week, this year, or you can be baptized afterwards as if if it's too many people for you, but you can come into Christ. You can be baptized in him where he will wash away your sins and he'll give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you need prayers for whatever you need prayers for. Prayers of repentance, prayers for health, prayers for help. You can write to us at elders at mcoc.org, or you can come down here, we'll pray for you. Come as we stand and sing.